Hey, Alfie. Why don't you um, hey. go ahead and give me a little bit of a, a rundown on who you are, um, what you do, that kind of thing? Sure. Well, thank you for having me on your pod, Drew. Um, my name's Alfie. I am the founder and uh, chief exec of a company called Alpha Technology, which hires the uh, the world's best software engineers for, for companies across the United Kingdom. Um, I run a podcast where I speak to, I guess, the world's best technical leaders about the future of technology and digital trends and, and that sort of thing. Um, an author, speaker, um, husband, father, uh, wearer of many different hats. And uh, yeah, my areas of expertise are really around, I guess, building technical teams and, and the future of, uh, of technology and, and that sort of thing, really. Nice. Uh, you said your father. Um, how many kids do you have? I have one seven-month-old son. Oh, nice. do, do you have any kids? I have one seven-year-old. <laughs> seven-year-old, yeah. So you've, you've been through the basically the, the entire process which I'm going through. So you get yeah. it, man. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Um, I know it's, it's tough, especially in the first year to uh, either schedule things or get things done or get any kind of sleep. Um, <laughs> uh hopefully yeah that's it's tricky man i i'm, I'm lucky that i've got an, an amazing wife and she um you know uh is obviously taking the the majority of of that on on herself but um you know it's going it's going really well and um it, it's tricky to start a baby life and also a a company in like the same year that that's been a bit mm -hmm. of a challenge it's been like having two startups but um mm -hmm. but yeah but both of them are still here and growing and uh doing well so um man it's an adventure definitely nice uh why don't you tell me about your uh startup you said you just you just started it this year yeah we launched um well it's been a year now um so i spent five years working uh, Drew for a huge corporate um, technology recruitment company. Um, mm. they, they recruit everything, but I always focused on software engineers. It was always my expertise. Mm. And um, joined there as a trainee, worked my way up the ranks, um, spent a couple of years living in New Zealand and uh, then London and um, worked my way up to become a national lead for the United Kingdom and an island, looking after a big team of um, talented consultants who were helping companies grow their software engineering divisions. Um, a lot of fun, great experience. After five years of corporate life, though, I kind of felt like it was time to uh, be an entrepreneur and, and you know, be a founder and start something myself. Um, and yeah, that, that we set up uh, a year ago, just over a year ago now. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm kind of in the middle of a startup myself. Um, I graduated a coding boot camp. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Elixir. Um, yeah, I know Elixir. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I graduated from a boot camp and I got together with a couple of the devs um, from the. Uh, actually, I went through the beta of the boot camp. It's kind of kind of a new thing. Mm -hmm. And then I went through the first cohort, and uh, so I got together with a couple of people from the beta. And we've started a kind of a startup. We're doing small SaaS projects at the moment. That's kind is this of mind. Is this Mindery? Yes. Yeah. That's my. That's our first one. <clears throat> not not launched yet. Hopefully, in the next few months, um, looking to uh, to start getting some uh, some users um, that so we can start testing things out and <laughs> see what's okay, broke okay. and cool. what we need to fix and that kind of thing. But. What what is Mindery? Just, just describe it in like a sentence. Sure. To me. 
So in a sentence, um, Mindery is a reminder app that will uh, text you when you've got something either due that um, one of the th one of the things I found personally um, is that I tend to forget when streaming services are due or things like that mm -hmm. or um, and putting things on the calendar just doesn't seem to work that well for me. I, you know, tend to ignore the calendar somewhat. Sure. Um, or, you know, just, it's not enough of a, Hey, I'm due or, or, Hey, you need to do this kind of thing. So yeah. texts work better for me. So uh, I always okay. read texts no matter what they are. Um, so the idea is to be the, the biggest nag you could ever want. Um, for something that's due or something that you need reminding of. So this is a product by Elixirize, which is your like what your holding co. Or, or how do you describe that? Yeah, Elixirize is kind of the the company, um, and then Mindery is the product. Okay, okay, very cool. You can tell I do podcasting, right? Given the fact that we're uh, <laughs> two minutes into this, and I've already subconsciously flipped the scales and started yeah, interviewing you. Asking me questions, <laughs> <laughs> which is completely fine because um, I I don't think a lot of my guests actually ask me a lot of questions. So you know, it's 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 kind of nice to be on the flip side. It's a conversation, <laughs> man. You don't want it to be one way, do you? It's uh, no, you know. no, exactly, exactly. Um, I had, oh, what was it? Oh, yeah. So uh, you said you've been a year into your startup. So what was it like kind of getting getting going initially? That's a good question. Um, well, there's so much, you know, to it in the, in the first couple of months, especially from, you know, when you're a employee within a large corporate you have many, many, many different things to do, which are all delegated and split up and given to different people. You know, so that's everything from the finance to the marketing to the legal to the tech to the sales to the, um, you know, the actual products building itself. And you know, in our case, people. So there's so many different components. Which, as a leader within a big, you know, FTSE 250 business, you've got a wonderful team that can, you know, take care of that stuff for you, and you focus on strategy and on vision and on uh, succession planning and all of that stuff. Um, when you're at a startup and it's just you, it's literally the complete opposite, Drew. You know, it's you, a computer, a phone, a notepad, a pen, and no salary. So you've got to go and make some money. You've got to build something, you've got to sell it, and you've got to start making some cash. Otherwise, you know, my wife, my baby, my mortgage doesn't get paid, you know, all of the all of the important things in life that, that need to get done, don't get done if you don't have any money. So, um, you know, you need sales ultimately. So for the first few months, I really, you know, spent building out product and getting uh, get, getting everything working and then and then getting out there to the market and, and then building up a book of clients, getting repeat business with, with those that uh, keep coming back to you and then scaling it through systems, automation, building out a team. And um, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with the progress that we've made over the past year and where we are today. Um, always want to be doing more. So, you know, I'm always looking back and thinking, oh, damn it, I wish I, you know, uh, did that earlier or did that differently or hired that person earlier or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, but you yeah, know, so, so far, so good. Hindsight's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I'm good. excited for year two as well. Nice. Um, so did, did you have to, or I, I guess... 
you already you were already a recruiter at this point, right? So yeah, I did. So five years as a recruiter within that company. The, the past year, um, I wasn't really recruiting myself. I was you know pure um, you know leadership. But you know when I'm starting this up myself, I am I'm back back again on the tools, which is quite a quite a fun thing to to, to be doing. Um, definitely missed that part of the role, you know, helping people and speaking to um, people about perhaps the most important thing that they'll do in their life, you know, their, their job and their career and their profession, right. Or mm-hmm. certainly up there. I think the thing that people tend to forget about uh, talent and, and recruitment is that if you get the right job for somebody, you, you can change that person's life. You know, you can get them an opportunity where they finally enjoy working. You can get them more money so they can have a better life for their for their family and you know, get a better house and kids, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then at the same time, if you get the right person for an organization, you can transform that business if you get the right person involved and they can take that product, that service to a completely new level that benefits the team, the company, and then all of their customers um, and obviously the economy as well. So um, the art and, and, and science of recruitment for me is um, it's about a lot more than just getting somebody a job. It's about really impacting the, the, the wider remit of, of things as well, um, you know, which is you know very fun to do. Sure, sure. Um, do you have to, or did you already have, um, relationships with companies? Like what's your, um, what's kind of your, uh, trying to think of the right word. Um, like business development sales kind of strategy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. To, to a degree. I mean, I've, I've, you know, been doing, um, purely software engineering recruitment now, uh, for many many years and um yeah i mean i think most people certainly in london where i'm where i'm based if you uh if you mentioned my name and uh, to to a cto or to a tech founder or to a head of engineering i'd say there's a good 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 chance that the majority of people will have will have either spoken to me at some point or mm-hmm. met me at an event that we run or been on my podcast or vice versa or whatever right so um yeah i mean the network really really is everything there's a you know the old cliche that success is not always about what you know but rather about who you know recruitment is very much the, the perfect example of that you know we don't have a um a physical product that that we're selling you know we're, we're connecting people we're um you know years and years and years of building up a network of thousands of software engineers where to the point drew you could say look alfie i need uh, to hire this particular skill whether that's java python dot net ruby alexa whatever and then you need to pay this amount of money this amount of range you need people in the office this many days a week you need people that have this type of visa and this type of industry and domain and sector knowledge if you was to say those things to me within 20 seconds i can compute in my mind and tell you who the best three people are in in the city to who are currently looking for work and and who would be a good fit for you not not just based on the skills that you've given me on paper but based on you as a as a person your personality how you operate and and that sort of thing as well and then obviously we have a massive database to um to offload my brain a little bit to give me a second brain to uh, <laughs> to type in the filters and get the results right so yeah it's all about networking it's all about relationships it's all about who you know and um that's unfortunately um or fortunately depending on how you look at it that's sure. not the sort of thing drew that you can um that you can shortcut really um it's just about putting in the time having ten thousand coffees and then at the end of all that you you become an expert and a, a connector on on who it is that people need to speak with if, if that makes sense i hear coffee is the thing like you got to have that without the coffee everything crumbles is that true 
Oh man, absolutely. I mean, why, why else would people want to meet? I mean, I am I'm British, so you know, a cup of tea perhaps. But um, no, even for like you know business and networking, it's all all about the coffee, man. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, do you have a lot of uh, devs that just contact you for um, assistance, or uh, do you, it's you like looking for work? Reach out to them? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say we get you know. Man, hundreds a, a week of, of people. Um, whether that's you know, we advertise on every platform you can imagine. You know, from from LinkedIn to all of the UK job boards and and, and beyond to, to to find the right people. But that that only gets you people looking for work who who will, will come to you. I guess sure. the best candidates that I know are people that um, we have to approach. That they're, they're passive. They're they're not looking for work. They're really good. They get five messages a week from from recruiters trying to poach them away from from wherever they are and yeah. uh if it was something really really exciting really really interesting really appealing then maybe they'd be open to opportunities and I, i'd say the vast majority of people probably fit that criteria um at, at any given point really unless they are super happy with where they are but then even even so true if i said look you want to be the next ceo of microsoft they'd probably say yes so i mean everybody's got a price at the, at the end of the day right um <laughs> but yeah we get hundreds of people a week contacting us but um and we certainly are able to help a lot of those people but i would i would say a lot of the time the the best people that we find we have to headhunt we've got to get referrals we've got to you know chase them a little bit um because they're in demand they're, they're rare and they're, they're hard to find right yep um is this your first startup um, I've been involved my entire life to a degree in, in starting things. Um, it's the first one that's made me like quite a bit of money, you know, to, to the point where I can do this and, um, you know, help other people as well and, 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 and build a team. My, when I was, um, very, very young, I have a, a little bit of a different background to, I guess, almost everybody really in, in, in that when I was a teenager and, and even a kid I got into magic as a hobby like like performing magic tricks card tricks sleight of hand uh anything to do with casinos kind of got me very excited sleight of hand psychology that 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 sort of thing and I started to get pretty good at it I, I just read and read and read met a lot of other magicians it was very much a passion and, and a hobby as a kid but I started to get pretty good and then I um and then I would perform at parties and, and events and met a bunch of celebrities and um, then started to do stuff in the media. I was on a show called Britain's Got Talent and then I had my own TV show and um, yeah, got to travel doing lots of tricks, which was a lot of fun for like, yeah. you know, a kid and, and, and a teenager, but it wasn't, I don't know if I call it a business, it's show business, but perhaps mm -hmm. yeah. I, I turned it into a business um, through accident really I, I guess I was just too busy doing different shows and events and I'd and I'd get a request to do one I'd be in you know uh, the UK doing a show and I'd get a request to do one in Spain and then one in China and I I couldn't physically be in all these places at, at the same time you know to, to, despite me being magic but I um I'd hire <laughs> other magicians to to do them for me I'd, I'd you know I'd outsource the work charge a margin um and get paid off the results of others rather than myself so that, that's why i kind of got into recruitment i built up a, a talent agency for magicians as, as a teenager um oh, wow. which was a lot of fun um but eventually kind of realized that even though it's uh fun it's not commercially uh scalable because sure, the magic sure. world is like what you hire somebody for two hours for a corporate event and then that's it that's once a year um developers seems to be a lot 
<laughs> more stable. You know, people work for <laughs> you know, full-time jobs, right? So uh, when I There's pivoted to that, to, yeah, exactly, man. It was a, a much it's an actual industry to uh, to go after. But tech was always my thing. Ever since I was a kid, I was always obsessed with technology, whether that was learning to code so I could build out my, my own website for magic, whether that was learning how to design and, and video edit so I could produce my content. Um, it was always my thing. It was, you know, if I, I'd be a dev if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, most likely. Um, so even though I am not a full-time developer myself, um, I, you know, it's the industry that I support and, and operate in and have always been involved in. And in a weird way, that's kind of how I got into entrepreneurship uh, through something completely unrelated, which connect, connected itself to it. It's, it's like that old Steve Jobs speech where he says, you can't connect to the dots uh, looking forward, you have to look backwards. And that's, that's kind of how it, uh, how it happened, really. Wow, that's, that's awesome. So how did you uh, how did you get into podcasting? Is that sort of an extension of the recruiting, or was that something something else? Yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, it was probably closest related to to the recruiting side. I uh, during COVID, um, I used to do these events prior to COVID, where I'd get hundreds tech founders in a room, and we'd we'd have a you know panel and speakers and uh, have a great event. And then mm. COVID happened and we couldn't do any of those. We're all locked in our bedrooms, right? So right, right. I wanted to keep my community going somehow. So I started a webcam podcast. Um, that was, what, three, four years ago now, whenever COVID was. And um, yeah, we've done 128, 29 episodes or something now. And then about maybe about a year ago, we started recording in person in a, in a professional studio um, with all the you know best cameras and mics and lights and everything else in between and it's a you know probably higher production quality than most tv shows now but we've got our own editing team and production staff and everything and um and we've recently gone back into the live events so once every month or so we're hosting a, a live meetup in in london where we'll, we'll bring together uh 100 200 uh tech entrepreneurs and we'll do a very similar format but do it live on stage and have different voices contributing um and it's great you know really enjoyed podcasting um it's amazing to see like my first one in my bedroom you know, speaking to somebody on a 10 minute zoom call has has now evolved you know over 100 episodes later into like live conferences and you know being watched by thousands of, of people on spotify and apple and x and we have a you know small following on uh, youtube and linkedin and those platforms as well um but yeah it's uh it's a fun journey it's something that i'd recommend anybody that's interested in podcasting can go on and it opens up so many doors and opportunities and allows you to meet a lot of very cool people as well yeah it definitely does that's that's been my my experience also um you know i've i i pretty much try to talk to i mean i'll talk to anybody i don't i'm not too particular uh, I try to sure. keep it to devs though, but, um, or, you know, t t people in tech. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's been, it's been a blast. I've been doing it for about a, I guess about a year. I did take a yeah. kind of a break. I took about a, maybe a four or five month break when I was doing the boot camps. Um, when you're doing programming for eight hours a day, five days a week, and then I work a full-time job also, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a lot to juggle, right? But you yes. know, it's important to find the time, and I think consistency mm, is so important with, with podcasts. I I don't know what the exact stat is. I'm going to butcher this a little bit, Drew, but um, I think like 
95% plus of people like never make episode two. They'll make the first one and then obviously mm. nobody will watch it because it's, it's their first episode and then uh, mm. then they give up. And then I think it's, it's, I mean, it's probably less than like 0.0001% make it past like 100 episodes. It's got to be something like that. Um, but that's when you start to get people watching. Like it took us like probably 80 to 90 episodes for us to start to get some pretty big guests and, um, and you know, start to get, an actual like recurring viewership of people um you know which is great i mean if i gave up at episode 50 or 60 or 70 then then none of that would have happened so um a lot of work initially to put in if for people that want to try podcasting like it's going to be mm-hmm. one to three years of pain and then eventually um you can make it work. I mean, that that's probably the rule. I mean, there are obviously exceptions to that rule. And I, I do see some people that make episode five and they're, you know, getting millions of views right away. And that's amazing. I, I, I haven't done that. So I probably can't tell you how to do that. Um, all I can tell you is, you know, put in the, put in the work, put in the graft and eventually um, it will start to show some returns. So what you're saying is I need to uh, push more episodes so I can hit episode hundred quick. I think, yeah, I mean, you know, quality and quantity, right? I mean, nobody um, no, nobody massively uh, influential in, in, in their domain is probably going to want to go on a podcast if it uh, doesn't have a big following or if it doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, content and library. Because if people mm-hmm. don't have the following, but they do have the, um, the work, then most people that, you know, have a, achieved success in their field can can look back at that and go, hey, he's doing the work. Eventually, there's a good chance this is going to take off. So, you know, I'd love mm-hmm. to, to help people that do three episodes and then try and get, I don't know, Elon Musk on their on their pod. It's just not going to happen, is it? Like, let's <laughs> have that, 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 common sense, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that, that would be a big fish to reel in for sure. <laughs> it, it would, but it surprises me, like, the ignorance of the whole thing. And I, I speak to mm-hmm. people that are looking to start podcasts and they're like, oh, yeah, I just... Um, just just reached out to like you know Stephen Bartlett or you know uh, Reed Hoffman or you know I just emailed Sergey Brin or whatever I'm like well you know that's amazing like k- k- keep sending those emails by all means like you know you gotta you've gotta sure. keep doing that but okay. um, but also also email some C listers as well because if you get twenty C listers you'll be able to get a B lister if you get twenty B listers you'll be able to get an A lister you know it's about uh, you know working it up in in like tiers and, and levels to this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I hadn't really, I hadn't really considered that. Um, I, I tend. I mean, so like lately, I've been interviewing people that are kind of in my circle. Either I've met them through the boot camp, or <clears throat> or met them on LinkedIn, or in your case, uh, you reached out to me uh, due to a Twitter post I made in twenty twenty two. I think it was. It's a good way to find opportunities to collab like twitter search is very much underlooked if you search looking for podcast guests or looking for speakers mm-hmm. for my event in and then put the city that you live in or whatever like you it's it's and then just go to the latest and then just scroll through dm you know a bunch of people that have dms open um within one hour of work you can book 10 podcasts you can book five speaking opportunities it's uh twitter search mm-hmm. is a massively underlooked platform in my opinion I I would agree with that because I've never done that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's crazy. Um, what is you, your? You could, schedule, you could schedule ten podcast episodes tonight if you just went through and spent a couple of hours messaging people on it. Do you um when you launch podcasts do you do them 
like once a week or a couple times a week? What's your what's your schedule like when you when you release episodes? If we have a very, very big guest, um, like we've had people like Carrie Stebbings, who has 20VC, which is probably the most popular business podcast in the world. We had DHH, the creator of Ruby on Rails, you know, is one of the most famous technologists on the planet. If we have people like that, you know, we, we film when, when they're available to film, uh, you know, for obvious reasons. They've got right. crazy schedules. Uh, if it's, um, you know, somebody perhaps not with that profile uh we typically film in person once or twice a month in our in our studio um and then we will record i'll typically book four days for for different um episodes where we'll, i'll do anywhere from three to five episodes in a day um which are about an hour each with a short break in between for me to you know not not go crazy um and we'll bring you know i'll bring wardrobe changes we'll um we have a, a great assistant who coordinates all that and make sure everybody's looked after and is on time because it's you know a full day of, of, of production and, and shooting really um, and then those episodes are typically released once a week so we, we try and release one a week um and they look like they're filmed every single week but obviously behind the scenes um we you know we do a lot of work to schedule and batch which i think is really important because if you you know if you've got a family if you're running a business you can't be mm. you know uh trying to tr- like do these individual tasks and it, if it's spread across the calendar too thinly it's too much distraction you kind of need to book days for these sort of things in my, in my opinion it's a lot, lot more effective to do it that way um but yeah we will we, we'll typically film once or twice a month and then that will give us enough content for, for the month so you guys don't do you're not doing in person right you're still doing um no no we, we do it in person so no no so, so we in in the, in the studio we we do uh yeah we've got a full production house now where we have like i say all, all the best equipment all the best you know, great team there we've got a great um place in in the city and in london and we bring together uh london founders and ctos and heads of engineering sometimes developers but usually people in more leadership roles uh tech investors vcs best-selling authors we, we bring together the, the brightest minds from across the uk and, and europe we've, we've been flying a few people in recently and um and yeah we, we host i'd say 90 percent of them now we host them in our in our live studio maybe five percent of them we do um at our live events um and then we do like five percent of them on zoom if we've got somebody like who's my friend who like lives in you know the valley or somewhere in the states or somewhere like that mm-hmm. uh, what kind of um what kind of music do you listen to that's a great question, man. Nobody's <laughs> ever asked me that on a pod before. Really? Uh, I am a, probably if I had to pick a genre, it would be like psychedelic rock. I, I love I love the Beatles. I love Dylan. I love um, Pink Floyd. I love Zeppelin. Uh, so many, man. I mean, I, I, I've got a mix of everything, though. My, my Spotify um, playlist is probably the most diverse thing you can imagine. Um, nice everything from from 90s rap to uh 60s you know uh, rock to i don't really listen to anything modern to to, to be honest um yeah, it's just not it's just not my style but yeah um sure. yeah real mix no muse huh muse i like the muse yeah like uh i don't really know much of what they've done but um i if i i probably got a couple of songs on my um on my playlist from them nice yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of the same. I have a wide range of listening. Um, I grew up in the, I guess the '80s, yeah. so I've you know a lot of '80s, '90s. Um, I listen to some modern stuff, but I'm picky. You know, like it it has to jump out at me. Um, yeah, and uh, 
and so that's kind of that's kind of the way it goes for me. Um, but I mean, it's, it's it's super massive black hole. Is that the muse? Yeah, that's the muse. Yeah, I know. I know that song. Yeah, I, I know who they are. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, not you know, not in my top ten, but yeah, they're, they're, they're great. I, I enjoy some of their stuff sometimes. Nice, nice. Um, so you, you you talk a lot about AI. I've listened to some of your podcast episodes, and um, so you seem to follow AI pretty pretty hard. Um, I'm not much, so I use like you know ChatGPT, or I've tried some of yeah. the other ones like Find. I think it's spelled P H I N D. Sure. Um, and and that sort of thing um i've heard that and i haven't tried four so i don't know but i've heard that it's gotten worse than or it's worse than 3.5 is that true is that, is that kind, well, of kind, kind of i mean the the hallucinations have probably increased um <laughs> but i wouldn't you know it's these things take a little bit of time i i'm, I'm more on the bard train at the moment i quite like it it's very nicely integrated mm-hmm. into into google mm-hmm. um and the ui is a little bit cleaner in my opinion yeah. um yeah i i mean I, I use ai tools daily i use i use bard for all different types of content creation uh for, for when we're looking at cvs as well for changing the tone of, of certain cvs based on what industry of, of client they're going towards um and then i don't use these myself as much but i you know my editor uses uh mid journey and uh dali and um we use like i think it's autopod i think it's called which is great mm. for podcasts uh kind of gets up gets out of the ums and the ahs and automatically edits episodes cuts cameras back and forth based on who's ah, speaking okay. Nice. Yeah, we, we use a ton in, in our business. We we probably pay for like anywhere from like five to ten different automate um, AI subscriptions at the moment, and um, they're great. And I like, uh, you know, I, I, I was speaking to Harry Stebbings about this the other day. He said that eighty five percent of all AI companies are probably going to go like bust in the next year, um, which is probably true. That's but probably not fair. Yeah, it's probably more than that. I mean, but of the 5, 10, 15% of those that, that really make it, we are going to see complete industries be created by this thing. We're going to see billion-dollar companies that didn't exist six months ago. There's probably two or three people right now building something, which will be a billion-dollar company in, in two, three years from now. Um, so AI, I mean, it's probably the biggest technological advancement since the internet since the microprocessors you know it's it, it, and and it's only just beginning like we're seeing gpt we're seeing mid-journey and we're like wow that's cool we can do you know text to text we can do text to picture what what happens when we get text to video what happens when you type in i want to watch this with these actors with this kind of you know um, format and then it's produced a netflix quality tv show for you is that going to replace youtube is that going to replace you know, um, movies and, and Hollywood. What what happens when you can type in any like artist in the world, any song you want them to sing, and it will produce a you know a, a Spotify quality song, and you can't tell it's been made by AI. What's going to happen to Spotify? Mm. What's going to happen to uh, you know Amazon Music? Like all of these questions and all of these industries are going to get disrupted mm. in the mm. next. 18 months to two years it's coming very very quickly so i think ai is massive and those are just a couple of high level examples it's going to start with content but i mean you know if, if we open up the, the the door to sentience and other you know important questions who knows where this this ultimately is going for right right um how far do you, away do you think we are from ai sentience 
Would you, you know, say? it's a yeah, it's a pretty difficult <laughs> question, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, like yeah. everybody will give a different definition of what AGI sure. means. Well, I think twenty forty five. You know, the, the Kurzweil um, prediction is probably, um, I would say, at the um, pessimistic standpoint. I think we'll probably get it before then. I mean, you know, when you have mm-hmm. AI that creates AI, which creates AI, I mean, there's no stopping it at that point. It's, you know, sure. and, and we talk a lot on my pod about um, AI replacing jobs and, and not just jobs like, uh, you know, construction workers or Uber drivers with self-driving robot taxis or whatever. I'm talking about white collar office jobs. When, when, when AI can replace developers, I mean, at, at, you know, at, at that point, what, what happens? Um, I think AGI is, is, coming a lot sooner than, than we think the, the uh, an interesting question is what does that mean though like after that's happened what what happens next like does it does it turn on us does, does like does it iot <laughs> like we turned on yeah, you know yeah. other species when we invaded you know islands and killed them off like did, did do we get wiped out or does Your it refrigerator just... will kill you yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's it's the sort of thing that we like joke about, we laugh about. It's funny, but like, who knows? Like, we, we don't know. No, nobody knows what what's going to happen. And the, the the ultimate way of phrasing it is: Is it possible with enough computing power to replicate biological consciousness? And I I think the answer is probably yes. But I don't know what level of of computing power you need to right. to do that. And if you do that. Um, is it sentient in the same way that we are? Pro- probably not, um, but it will be able to see, and it will see a lot better than us because it's got cameras everywhere. So if it can access every camera, it's got a billion eyes. It will be able to hear because it's got microphones everywhere that are all connected to the internet. It will be able to yeah. feel because of the sensors. Uh, I don't know about taste, but does it need taste? I mean, probably not, but um, not. you know, it's, it's superior to us. It doesn't need food, doesn't need water, doesn't need air. I mean, like, you know, you've got, you've got to keep all these things in, in mind. You know, we, we are creating the next version of, of evolution to, to some degree and in the same way that we wiped out our pre, you, know, uh, you know predecessors is it going to do the same thing to us or is it just going to be a great tool which completely revolutionized you know everything um sure. and obviously that's what the optimist in me would like to happen um but i don't think anybody can predict it and i think all these people that are pretending to i think they've got no idea what they're talking about it's far too advanced for us our monkey brains to even begin to take <laughs> yeah yeah i agree it's 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 pretty it's the opinions are very widespread <clears throat> and um it's very hard to say which way you know which way things are going to go have you seen a show called um person of interest yeah i've i've seen it it was a couple of years ago right it yeah, was been, uh oh well Had it Jim, was the guy harold Finch. It was a, the, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. It was the CIA thing, right? It was like a billionaire and like a CIA guy. Yeah. Um, yeah it's like, uh, is it a machine or something? It can, like, it can like predict the future. It's like AI, like surveillance oh, it, and CCTV. Yeah, like surveillance. It was built to um, to find terrorists or uh, predict yeah. terrorist attacks or kind of find you know people that were planning terrorist attacks. And then the flip side is it also... Uh, would discover a lot of other uh, premeditation type um, yeah. things, and so it would it would basically spit out a social security number, and then you know they'd have to run around trying to save the people. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't watch a lot of TV and I wish I could, but I, um, I, I don't think I've watched a, a single TV show now in a good six months, probably. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. I don't, I don't know. It's hard when it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot to do, but, um, I, I, I do remember watching that vaguely a couple of years ago and I don't think we're, um, with that far off that 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 sort of thing mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. the amount of data i mean humans can only compute so much data but mm-hmm. uh, i mean computers it's it's you know it's infinite depending on how many gpus you've got really so right, um, right. anything like that in theory is possible yeah yeah what um so you how long have you been on on twitter or x whichever one we're calling it now <laughs> yeah I've been on it for a long time. I I had an original account probably like a year or two after it was created. Um, mm. And then I um, stopped using it for a while. And then I've just checked uh, just then and I signed back up in 2011. So I've been I've been using it every single day since 2011. It's like the first app I open, first app that I close before I go to bed. I use it mainly for news. I've got like a bunch of different lists categorized by people. I've got like an AI list, a, a metaverse list, a... Um, you know, uh, economic list and, and the different things that I'm interested in. I'll have lists and I, I use it basically to follow uh, their news. I, I don't post on it as much as I should do. I, I use it to keep in touch with friends and and, and, um, and that sort of thing. But I use it mainly for news and just kind of seeing what's happening in the world. I think it's a really powerful platform. I think, I think it's a little bit different to all of the other social media sites in that it's, I always look at X or Twitter or whatever is, is, is almost special. It's different because it's where mm. the leaders of, of the world have their conversations. And it's where it's, it's the second brain for the world's most influential and, and uh, interesting people. Um, yeah. You know, there's not many platforms where, I mean, Elon Musk isn't posting Instagram stories, is he? I mean, no, definitely Altman, not. <laughs> yeah, like Sam Altman isn't posting a Facebook update. Like you go to X for for those things, and that's what I'm interested in. I've all the other social platforms. I have somebody else that you know um, does the majority of the content for them. Um, oh, nice. I, that X was my is kind of question. <laughs> yeah, I, I I post all my stuff on X personally. I'm the only person with the login details to it. Um, yeah, and my my Twitter DMs are like my like my second email some days i'll use it more than email it's uh it's a great platform i i know people love to hate it but um for me the value i get from it is is too great for me to say anything bad about it sure yeah i i uh i enjoy x um i've i've been on there since maybe 2012 or 13 i think yeah um i've never been a, a super heavy user i've probably used it more in the last couple years than i've ever used it and I've actually started using it um, kind of to keep up with news and things like that. Um, it's so handy because everything, if something has happened, you can pretty much search it and it'll come up. Like, you know, there'll be info on yeah. it. Um, yeah. Whether or not, whether or not, you know, any of the major news organizations has posted on it or not, or, you know, even if it's some small obscure one, you can you can pretty much uh, find info on it, which is pretty yeah. cool. I like it for if there's a very niche particular thing that I'm trying to solve or it's a problem or something, I'll search that in, in, in the problems and see people that have been talking about it and then and then DM them. And there's been a couple of times recently where I paid people for like a Zoom call 
like not a, a crazy amount of money it's you know just a regular person posting on x but if there's mm-hmm. something that they've been talking about which i am trying to solve there was this thing recently with like youtube tags or something that, that that we were having um issues with and we found somebody that is a content creator which talks about how to make youtube videos and that sort of thing now i could have got on youtube and done a bunch of research and and bought a book and and trying to figure it out myself which would have taken me hours and hours and hours instead i paid i think it was like a hundred dollars for like a half an hour zoom call with somebody and i got the answer within like six minutes so it's yes it's such a great tool like i um i understand why people are against elon and some of the let's say you know crazier things that he does at the same time i just got finished reading um walt isaacson's book on on him that came out the other day um oh, I haven't big read that one. yeah it just came out like what a week ago or something it's um mm-hmm. you know followed him around for a couple of years and wrote what probably is the best book on on elon what's, um what's, what's the name of it it's just called elon musk elon musk by uh walter isaacson um walter you know, walt, isaacson. yeah he's, he wrote the, uh, wrote the steve jobs biography and uh oh, okay. and he's done a bunch of other ones everyone from ben franklin to leonardo da vinci i've, I've read most of his books the, the um the innovators that's a really good one by him if that's the right word for it um but yeah i just, I just got finished reading that book and there was a, a quote um in it where i think he was um referencing some saturday night live skit that he did a couple of years ago but the quote was something like um you know hey i i I'm trying to put people on Mars and solve climate change. D- did you think I was going to be a normal dude? <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it, right, like like there's nobody does those things, and then you can expect them to be normal on on social media. So sure, um, yeah, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't blame him for being a little eccentric. No, no, no not at all. Um, I, I definitely don't either. Um, I'm fair. I'm a big fan. I watch the SpaceX stuff all the time. Um, you know, it's it's so crazy to watch rockets take off and then land. land. That is yeah. that is amazing. I saw a cool collage um, the other day. Somebody took all of the crashes, basically in the timeline. So they yeah. from the from the first one, um, and they just they kind of spliced them all together. So it was like bang, 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 everything blowing up, you know, and then slowly start to. Uh, almost land and then start to land. It was it was pretty wild. Well, somebody um, did that to Elon before he started SpaceX. He's it, you know he sold um, uh, his first company was uh, what was X right and then and then Zip two and um, hmm. you know he had his early early platforms where he made right, right. you know a couple of hundred million and then he was able to start Tesla and SpaceX, which you know obviously took him to to, to to billionaire level. And before he started SpaceX, he wasn't the first person to try and do private um space travel he was the first oh. person to to succeed um but he was wasn't the first person to try and right. people elon's friends they gathered him and they made a compilation of exactly what you're talking about the videos exploding 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 showing him what's going to happen like you, you've hit oh. the lottery twice you've made hundreds of millions you're going to sure. throw all of that away elon trying to trying to do the impossible and there's very 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 few people forget the world but in history that would look at you know his friends who are obviously super successful in in their own right and go no i'm i'm going to i'm going to plow everything that i've achieved into this and try and find a way to make it work and then despite all the failure i mean they were like one more 
like an explosion away from bankruptcy, I, I, I believe, at, at some mm. point. And then yeah. they made it work, you know, and then they got people on the International Space Station. And then, you know, they're going to be sending people to the moon and, and Mars. I mean, how many people out there in the world right now are trying to put people on Mars or solve a problem as big as that? Um, almost when I see him buying X, I, I, I do love the fact that he's trying to protect, you know, freedom of speech. And obviously that's an important thing. But mm-hmm. I really do wish sometimes he'd just put all of his focus on trying to get us to Mars because that is a a mission, a calling greater than almost any other potential problem in the world. I mean, there's only so many moonshots I can think of, like what, curing cancer, um, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, trying to build AGI trying to build immortality. I mean, there's, there's a couple of big moonshots out there. And I think going to Mars is, is probably one of the, the biggest ones, right? So people can hate him. And I, I will gladly stand there clapping at, at, at the crazy ones that are trying to change the world, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's not really that many of them. I mean, I think Amazon's got, they have rockets now too, right? Amazon? But yeah, we're, we're Blue, Blue Origin, Jeff. So I don't yeah, know if it's Blue tied Origin. to Amazon. I think it's more of just a Jeff Bezos venture. But right, he hasn't, yeah. you know, had the same success that that Elon's had. I mean, you know, Jeff's, um, you know, busy with other things. But I mean, he's achieved success sure. in his own right. I mean, yeah, Amazon yeah, yeah. is uh, the most <laughs> successful company in in history, I, I believe. Yeah. So, um, you know, if he isn't able to crack space, then you know, who cares? He's he's been able to uh, bring every product to every individual mm-hmm. in every country in the world. I mean, that that in itself is a is a moonshot that he's achieved. I wonder. I wonder though if if that's um, due to uh, not being willing to blow enough stuff up. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, you know, the, I I I recall Elon at some point saying that he pretty much. He knew he was just going to blow shit up um, a lot. Well, it's guaranteed to happen, right? Yeah, you, it's you need the, There's no way. You, you, you have need to fail. Because, right. you know, with every explosion, I remember I was speaking to Peter Wang on my pod a few months ago. He's like CEO of um, Anaconda, which is like the world's largest data visualization platform. He's one of the um, yeah. most influential Python leaders in, in the world. And he was, uh, I was having this debate with him around SpaceX because it was just after, I think, the Starship um, launched and, and and blew up. And yeah. the, me- the media was saying, like, is this the end of SpaceX? Like, you know... Um, <laughs> Like uh, what? Like what? What did you think was going to happen? Did you think it was just going to go to Mars and then land and then come back and then do a little trip on the way in you know, Jupiter or whatever? Like no, like yeah. th- these things. Like you send it up, it explodes. You track what happened. You track what went wrong, and then the next time you send it up, you fix those issues, and it's probably mm-hmm. going to explode again. You fix more stuff. You fix more stuff, and eventually we get to Mars. Right. Like 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 fail explosions are the, the stepping stones to, to, to that success like that's yeah, where you, yeah. the mainstream media they, they don't get it like it's, it's legacy no. news and, and there's a reason for it i think i think that's also that's part of the reason why nasa's so slow moving Part yeah. partly i think because they're a government agency for one but also mm. because they're not willing to blow enough shit up yeah, um, Walt, Walt talked about that in his book. They said, like, when Elon was trying to go to Mars, the first thing he did was he went to the NASA website and was trying to find the plan. He was like, well, look, I'm, you know, I'd love to see if I can be involved in some capacity. Let's let's see what mm-hmm. NASA's planning. And there was no plan. He goes on the website, they're not going to Mars. There wasn't a mission. No. There was no agenda. There was no timeline. There wasn't a schedule. So, yeah. you know, he is a private individual and the only private individual in history to ever um, you know, send rockets successfully into into space and, and get them back. Um, did that, 
like that's what people forget. You know, this is a private individual that did something which a government, the world's most powerful government, wasn't able to. Um, you know, hate him, love him. You can't deny that. That is insanely brilliant. That that is just incredible. Completely agree. Completely agree. Um, did you hear about Elon um, possibly doing like a small? charge eventually for twitter to kind of drive off um, most of the bots yeah. did you hear about that i think it's i think i mean i i um i would happily you know pay to use i i, I you know i do obviously i have the uh the the twitter blue or x blue whatever they're calling it now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I, I think the actual headline was um just legacy media taking something out yeah. of context yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. a an AI panel interview that he did about uh, four or five days ago. And I believe there was a question um, during that around it, which Elon gave an answer and some journalists chopped it up. I saw, I saw a community notes. Um, yeah, they chopped it up. Pretty uh, hard. <laughs> yeah. Ex community notes clarified exactly what he meant by it. And it wasn't what, what, what the headline was. Um, right. So um, yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. I mean, I think that would, um, if you look at the, if you talk about it purely from a commercial uh, business perspective, the pivot to authentication via paid verification uh, hasn't worked very well. It's it's a very yeah. small percentage of the uh, operating income for X as opposed to advertisers, which which yeah. still it's you know trying to get back with the appointment of Linda with the CEO, which I think is a great move to to get that community um, involved more and and take away the um, the uh, the focus on on attacking. Musk as, as as a CEO, he can focus on on tech and products and get somebody right. else to do the the deals. Um, so I um, I, I'd happily pay for it if I needed to, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think, uh, yeah, I, I I think if they did that, I think it would be horrendous for mm-hmm. uh, you know from a, a financial perspective, just just based on the perspective that a very 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 small percentage of people have paid for the verification. Therefore, right. a very small percentage of people are probably going to pay to use the app. Um, yeah. And then, oh my God, we might have something like Freds that takes over. I mean, can you imagine that? <laughs> no. if, if that happened, then AGI can kill me now. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask you about Threads, but uh, I think you answered that earlier when you said you had somebody else handle that. <laughs> I was I was all for it when it came out. I was like I was like, cool. This is this is new. This is exciting. And then after like you know went on it, you know got a a couple of followers, um, a couple of thousand followers from the other social platforms by plugging it a little bit. And then I realized that it's like, it's like a, a terrible version of Twitter. It's like, right. there's, like it, it's just, it's what happens when you rush to get a product out there, which which I'm okay for doing for like an MVP. Sure. And sure. on one degree, it was the most successful social media launch in history. But then on the same degree, it's a, it's the biggest failure in history because now, mm-hmm. you know, the, the yeah. DAU is a, a nothing compared to what, what, what they used to be when it launched, right, right in, in that first week. So I think, um, you know, props to to um, to Mark for, for, for going about it. And I think Mark's um, done amazing with his PR, um, you know, over mm-hmm. the past year to rebrand himself. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's just like a weak version of X, right yeah. now at the time yeah. of this recording i hope it turns around because the more platforms are better i want to you know spread my content to the, to the most people possible but but right now it sucks and and x is just <laughs> infinitely better in every capacity yeah yeah it's um it's it's definitely not not great um i tend to try to avoid anything facebook related um mainly because yeah, i haven't signed into facebook in years man it's uh i mean terrible right 
I know that most of these big platforms, you know, they, they gather your data, they sell your data, you know, but Facebook tends to be a bit more egregious than others in my own personal opinion. So I tend to try to avoid anything Facebook related. Um, Which is hard because they, they power a big chunk of the of the internet, man. I mean, I uh... it is difficult. It's the same with trying to get away from Google. You know, it's it's <clears throat> it's not easy. I have some friends that are very anti Google, and um, they jump through hoops to try to not use it at all. You know. Um, uh, which is, you know, which is fine. I don't, you know, I don't blame them. <clears throat> um, but it's, it's not an easy thing to kind of get away from. Um, just, you know, from the, the sheer size of Google. <laughs> and it's, all the, I mean, all the have everything, right? I think one thing that Google has been able to do very, very well from a branding perspective is, um, they make almost all their money in in ads from search from that mm-hmm. uh, was it was it double click the acquisition when they bought the tech behind the uh, the ad tracking software. I um, think so. I think that's what that was. I think it was probably. I mean, it's probably. I, I don't know for certain, but I I predict it's probably the most successful acquisition in history than, than buying the, the double click guys. But um, they make all the money basically for, from that in the grand scheme of things, and then they have everything else from from maps to you know dot to you know bard and everything else in between right and i think the part of the reason why google's just got so many different projects is is so they can say look we're, we're a tech company we we don't do so we're not a search company no we we do self-driving cars and we send hot air balloons into space to give people wi-fi we, we do all these things and then that way if a government goes after them from a monopoly perspective mm. they, they can look we, we're two percent of the tech ecosystem we're, we're not a monopoly when in reality when it comes to search you know you don't even say sure. search it you say google it right so they have right, got a monopoly right. from that perspective should exactly. there be some government intervention to break that up i don't know i, I mean i'm not um you know I, I i'm not a big fan of governments getting involved in mm-hmm. in companies um but um it's certainly a question right and i think it is a question to, to be asked just just given the their dominance on on that field and and then what they can do to silence competitors and and they do um i watched a um a good uh, documentary, probably like I don't know, maybe like a year ago now. It, it was about the people that created uh, Google Earth, Google Maps, and and mm-hmm. Google's ability just just to steal the technology. Um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, and a great a great story, kind of showing what happened. Um, and yeah, and it's you know, Google's "Don't be evil" motto, which they yes. originally started with. I don't think that applies anymore. No, um, I, think they, I think they actually got rid of that too. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like yeah, they they got rid of it unofficially yeah. long time before it was official. But yeah. um, you know, mad mad respect to you know Larry and Sergey and Eric and and you know Sundar and everyone. Obviously, um, you know it's it, it's amazing. Um, it's not 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 my favorite tech company, but you know, obviously incredible what what they've been able to build. Right. Right. No, I completely agree with that. Um, so I, I know we're, we're getting close to an hour. I don't know how much, um, much time you have left, but, um, you probably need to get back to your family. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mate, there's no hard stop, but yeah, any, any, in the next sort of 20 minutes would, would be awesome. Yep. Um, oh, so have you looked into blue sky? I know. Uh, so that's kind of, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. 
I um I got a beta invite from Jay, their their CEO, when they when they launched, um, okay. and was able to to try it out. And then Peter Wang, who I mentioned, I had on the podcast um earlier, um he's one of their advisors. I think he might be on the board actually. Um, so yeah, I've I've used it. I understand the tech and I understand the protocols and the systems behind it. Um. And I recently advised a competitor to Blue Sky um, when they were trying to get some funding. Um, and I, I didn't join their their board, but we talked about it. And I think it's an interesting idea, um, but I, it hasn't worked in the same way that, you know, something like X has just in terms of the users. I've seen so many of these from like Mastodon to to Blue Sky and, uh, you know, you name it, uh, what, what post. I mean, there's been so many of them. Um, and I just don't think they're, they're going to work unless there's some super viral factor. Like saying we're not Twitter is not enough. And that right, was their, right. their their thing, basically. But Blue Sky were a little bit different with the fact that it's decentralized. But but so is Fred's. I mean, Fred, well, Fred's kind of. Fred, Fred's has got, they're going to call it the Freddyverse soon. And, and oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know if this is public, um, but I've been speaking to people I know who, who work there and work at Instagram, and um, I've got a lot of friends who um, were super high up at Instagram, and then they did this massive layoff in, in London, mm. um, and um, a lot of angry, disgruntled people kind of told me a lot of things which they probably shouldn't have, <laughs> which, oh, um, one, yeah, but one of them is the future of, of Fred's. But yeah, they're, they're going to be going down that route as well, going oh. after like, blue sky i think it's an interesting idea i think 99.9 percent of people don't care that that it's um you know like decentralized but um i think it's an interesting take i don't know if x can really do that like um it's just a bit hard now given that i kind of don't think they really need to i mean if the whole point of of x is to be kind of the uh not the marketplace but kind of like the town square which it always kind of has been um I don't think decentralization will actually helps that, um, you know, this, yeah. it, do, it doesn't help to be the town square when your town square is kind of split up into a whole bunch of other little squares. Um, you, you don't need to decentralize everything, right? You don't need to put right, everything right. On, on the blockchain, for for example. And everyone's sure. like, oh, like, put, put Twitter on the blockchain. Like, yeah, it's a great, um, you know, strap line. It sounds cool, but mm-hmm. um, does it need to be? I mean... Yeah, just because yeah. It, it seems like with a lot of that stuff, whether it's decentralization, the blockchain, whatever, it very much seems like it's a hammer looking for a nail right. rather than, you know, does it? Does, mm-hmm. It's a solution. It is a solution, but it's not the solution to every problem. A lot, a lot of the time, there isn't even a problem there. It's just like kind of tr- trying to create a problem so it can solve it. Yeah, it's it. It kind of smells like Web three a little bit. Um... Um, just because it's, I don't know. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the Web three space, so yeah, I admit I'm I'm ignorant on that. But um, it just seems like uh, almost like a trend versus a, you know, like it's trendy to let's be, um, uh, let's be decentralized instead of it actually solving an issue well we're seeing the same thing with ai right, right now i mean everyone is rebranding as an ai platform right yeah, um, yeah. it's ai everything every time i turn around yeah. there's, there's another website with dot ai at the end and i just have to roll my eyes <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and i 
think most of the big innovations from AI are probably not going to come from a coffee shop rebranding themselves as an mm-hmm. AI powered coffee shop, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, similar to, to, to the decentralization argument, like, does it need to um, be an AI platform? Um, if it does, amazing, you know, great. But but does it? Like, and, and in the vast majority of situations, the answer is probably no. So, to, to that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Well, thanks, Alfie. I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I'll I'll let you go. Uh, you have anything? Cool. Well, look, thank you for having me. No, no, I, yeah. I appreciate you um, having me on your pod. If people um, enjoy that and I guess want to uh, learn more on my podcast, um, I interview. I'll be linking your linking your podcast. Yeah, sure. we we post weekly um, and interview the world's greatest technical leaders um across everything from ai to the metaverse to, to blockchain and beyond so if you want to learn about the future if you want to get advice and ideas and inspiration and insights from um the the people that are kind of making the news happen um then then check us out uh, and if you enjoy feel free to, to follow along subscribe etc etc whatever the whatever the word is on, on the platform of your choice nice awesome Awesome. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Drew. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Citizen Coder Podcast. You can find links to anything we covered in the show notes. If you'd like to sponsor the show, you can reach out to me at info at citizencodercast.com or hit me up on Twitter or LinkedIn. Thanks. And as always, I'll see you next time.